My name is Jeff Royce. I'm a teaching pastor here at Cornerstone, and we are glad that you are here with us this morning. I do have some exciting news I would like to share with you. The Mind Bible Study that I teach on Tuesday evenings, thank you, um, has grown so greatly that beginning Tuesday, October the 16th, we're going to be in this room on that Tuesday. So yeah, yeah. And so if you're looking for a midweek Bible study here at Cornerstone, we would love to have you come because we're going to have plenty of room for new folks in this auditorium. Hey, this morning we are be, uh, continuing the series Red, looking at the, the teachings of Jesus Christ from the Gospels. And uh, I, if you want to follow along this morning, we're going to be in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, beginning at verse 21. Uh, so if you have a Bible and want to look there, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 21. The title of this message is Repaired, and we're going to be looking at repairing relationships, whether that's repairing my relationship with God or repairing my relationship with other people. And uh, I would just like us in our mind to just sort of transport ourselves back a couple thousand years and just pretend that we are walking along the countryside of Galilee, and Jesus Christ is there ahead of us, and he's going to stop in just a few moments and he's going to turn to those who are following him, and he's going to teach us some very, very important principles. One of the principles that he's going to share with us this morning from this passage is that repairing relationships are important. Now, not all relationships, and we're going to talk about that. He's not going to be talking to us about trying to repair unhealthy, unsafe, abusive relationships. There are some times in our life where we've got to let relationships go because they are damaging, they are negative, and we need to let those go. That's not the kind of relationships, though, that Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about relationships that aren't in any of those categories, and maybe we've just sort of let the relationship go. Something came between us, and we've sort of moved on, but God is saying to us, don't move on yet. Go back and let's, let's look at that relationship a little bit and let's seek to repair that relationship. You see, as a pastor, I, I know that, you know, we live in a world where a lot of stuff is disposable. And uh, we're disposable. We use stuff, we dispose of it, we get rid of it very quickly. Sad to say that sometimes that same mentality creeps into our relational uh, lives that relationship doesn't quite go the way we want it to or whatever, and we are just so quick to move on instead of make, maybe taking the time that God wants us to to work through those difficulties, to work through those problems, and to repair that relationship. In fact, if we have any doubt that God thinks repairing relationships are important, we don't have to look past the cross of Jesus Christ that we just sung about here this morning. Because God thought that a relationship with us was so important that God came to earth in the man Jesus Christ, the God-man Jesus Christ, lived a perfect sinless life, and then died on the cross, shed his perfect blood so that the barrier between God and men, sin, could be solved through that sacrifice so that we could have a personal relationship with God. That's how important relationships are to God that he sent Jesus Christ to deal with the relationship with us. In fact, the Bible says in John 3, 16, this is how God showed the world his love. He sent his one and only son so that anyone who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
Peter, the apostle who followed Jesus, said this in 1 Peter 3.18. He says, Christ suffered for sins once, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Paul said, he who knew no sin, Jesus Christ, became sin for us, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Throughout the Bible, the message of the Bible, the message of God is, I love you, and my love for you is immeasurable, and I will do whatever it takes to repair my relationship with you. In fact, so much so that I'll send Jesus Christ to this earth. So repairing relationships are very, very important. And one of the things then that Jesus begins to share with his followers is, repairing relationships begins on the inside. That even though a lot of times what's caused a breach in a relationship actually is external, it all starts on the inside. Notice verse 21 of Matthew 5. Jesus says, you've heard it said to an older generation, do not murder. And obviously, probably not too many people that you have to convince that murder is wrong. But Jesus says, I tell you that if you're angry with your brother, be careful. Because Jesus said that the problems that we have in our relationships, though they manifest themselves eventually in an external manner, it always starts on the inside. And so Jesus is just saying to all of us, maybe even to prevent those relational difficulties, beware of our internal attitudes. Make sure that we are allowing God to deal with our attitudes internally on an everyday basis. Let me give you a biblical illustration of this. Back in the book of Genesis, Cain and Abel, the two sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel brought an offering God rejected Cain's offering because it was not in obedience to what God uh, wanted him to bring. And Cain became very angry. I believe that Cain's anger was initially directed at God. Like a lot of folks, he was angry at God. But instead of being able to really flesh out that anger because he couldn't get to God, he fleshed it out to somebody close to him, his brother. But before he ever murdered his brother Abel, God and Cain had a conversation. God comes to Cain and says, Cain, you need to be careful because that anger inside of you, if you don't deal with it properly, is going to manifest itself in a very ugly way. In fact, God compares the anger inside Cain to a, a tiger or a lion that is sort of crouching at the door and ready to pounce into his life and take over and dominate his life. And God says, if you and I don't check our internal attitudes and take care of those things when they come in, that they're just going to grow. And they're just going to become bigger and stronger in our lives. And they're going to get to a point where they may even take over our lives. Well, you know the rest of the story. We don't know how many days between that conversation with God and this event, but Cain invites his brother Abel out into the field. And the Bible says, Cain murdered his brother. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He says, look, we all know murder's wrong, but I'm telling you, be careful of the anger. Because we all know that a lot of times, the relational difficulties that we have with one another, it's not because murder's taken place, but it may be because anger has been manifested in an uncontrolled, unhealthy way. And that relationship that used to be really good now is struggling to survive. It's on life support. Jesus goes on to say, hey, and don't just beware of the internal attitudes. Beware of our words. 
You'll notice in verse 22, he says about being angry, but then he goes on to say, and if you insult your brother, you're going to be brought before a judge. And, and if you say fool to your brother, you're going to be brought before the Supreme Court, in a sense. Now, a couple things. The word insult in the Hebrew language is a word that really specifically speaks to insulting someone's intelligence, putting them down, all of that. The word fool in the Hebrew really has no English equivalent, but it is a, it's a word that talks about attacking somebody's character, about slandering them, about gossiping about them. And Jesus is just saying, we all know because we've probably been on the other side how hurtful words are. And yet the Bible teaches us, Jesus himself teaches us, that our words come from our heart. Jesus says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we really can tell what's in a person's heart by what kind of language they use, by what they say to other people, by how they treat other people with their words. Jesus would say, if, if, if the words coming out of a person's mouth are ugly, hurtful words, then their heart is ugly, and they need to give me their heart so that I can create in them a new heart and give them a new heart so that the words that come out of their mouth won't be quite so hurtful and ugly. And probably everybody in this room has been on the other side of hurtful words. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, death and life are in the power of the tongue. In fact, Solomon goes on to say in Proverbs that hurtful words can be like the piercings of a sword. We've been there. We know how hurtful words are. They can assassinate a person. We don't have to murder somebody to hurt them. We can just say hurtful words, or other people can say hurtful words, and it's almost as if we wish we were dead. I was there a few years ago. I was in a situation where I had a group of people who personally attacked me and said some very hurtful things to me. And there were a few days in my life it was just like, God, I wish I was just dead. I wish I was just not in the world because those words, in a sense, for me and my family caused way deeper scars and hurt than any amount of physical scars could have caused as well because they leave scars. When we get hurt physically, it leaves scars, but when we get hurt emotionally, it leaves scars as well. So Jesus says, guys, when it comes to repairing relationships, realize how important it is to God and it should be important to us, but realize that repairing relationships really begins on the inside. Being aware of the attitudes, being aware of the words we say that come out of our heart. And then Jesus goes on to say this. He says, and be aware of the prompting of God in your life. Because you see right now, maybe for the first time this week, you and I have taken enough time to sort of sit down, be still before God, had a great time of worship here with Brian and the team, and now God, in a sense, has us for the first time to where we're really zeroing in on his voice and we're listening to him. That's why Jesus says in verse 23, so then, if you bring your gift to the altar, and this language is just sort of using Old Testament worship language. If you bring your gift to the altar, if you come to Cornerstone Christian Fellowship to church on Sunday, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your gift. Jesus is just simply saying that sometimes when we come to worship, it's that one time during the week where we really do listen to the voice of God, and God may be saying to us, in a sense, as we are coming here, leaving our gift to the altar, hey, remember that relationship? 
Maybe God is bringing before you the face of somebody. Maybe he's bringing a name into your mind or into your heart, and he's speaking to you right now, and he's saying, that's a relationship that I want you to try to repair today. I want you to take the initiative to reach out into that relationship and try to let me bring healing to that. Again, all of us have relationships all the time that use, you know, they need tweaking, they need attention, they need some TLC. That's not the relationship Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about a specific relationship in our life that when we came to church this morning, God was saying to us, more than speaking to us about this or that or whatever, that God was speaking to us about a particular relationship, and he was saying, I want you to take the initiative to repair that relationship. In fact, my next point here in verse 23 and 24 is, repairing relationships takes initiative. Because notice Jesus says, leave your gift at the altar, go, and then come back to the altar. But take the initiative to go. And you'll notice here in this passage that Jesus says, you and I should have all intentions to come back and worship God, but the priority is go and get that right with my brother first and then come and offer my gift. And Jesus says it always takes somebody, in a sense, as we say, to be the bigger person in a relational difficulty to begin maybe the healing process. And God may be speaking to you or I today about that. And again, some may say here today, but, but Jeff, the reason our relationship is on the rocks is because it's 80% their fault and it's only 20% mine. Why is God asking me, if it's only 20% my fault, to be the one to go? Because maybe you're in the position to be talking to God and for God to be speaking to you. Maybe the other person who owns 80% of that Maybe their heart isn't where it needs to be, and they're maybe not here at church today or something. And maybe God is just saying, look, I'm just asking you to be the one to take the initiative, even though it may be mostly their fault. But right now, I'm just asking you to own your part and to go and do your part. And you'll notice here, God doesn't promise us that the relationship is going to necessarily be healed, because to reconcile a relationship and to transform a relationship, it takes two people. So maybe they won't even respond when you and I go to try to work things out. But God doesn't hold us responsible for that. God doesn't hold us responsible for their response or lack of their response. All God is holding us responsible for this morning is to be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit within us. And if we've come to church this morning and God is laying a particular relationship on our heart and in our mind and saying, you go and try to work it out, that's all God says. Then we've done our part. Whether they respond or not, whether the relationship is ever healed or not, at least we've made the effort and we've been obedient to what God has called us to do. Because here's the next thing that's really exciting. Restoring and repairing relationships improves our worship. Because you'll notice Jesus says, here's how important repairing relationships are to me. It's so important that it takes priority over your worship. It trumps worship. So God would say to us, and this is the only time you'll hear this, you actually have permission to leave church early. You know, get out of here, God would say. Now, not necessarily, but all he's saying is this. If you and I come to church 
and there's a relationship that God truly is speaking to us about, Jesus would say, don't you realize that your worship of me is going to be so much better if that was fixed and then you get that fixed or you at least do your part and you get that off of your plate because you know that's what God is leading you to do. And then when you come back to worship, man, you're going to lift your voice like you've never lifted your voice to God in worship before. And there's going to be a freedom within your being and within your heart that you're truly going to be able to worship God with a freedom and with a fullness that you could not worship God before. In fact, I would just encourage you with this. Maybe you've come here this morning and you don't need to repair a human earthly relationship, but maybe you need to repair your relationship with God. Maybe you and God aren't as close as you used to be. Maybe you've drifted away from God. And God may be saying, don't you realize that what better day to just begin repairing the relationship between me? Because I've never left you. I've always been here. And if you draw near to me, I'm, I'm going to draw near to you. I'm going to be right here. My love for you is immeasurable. Let's begin to repair today that, man, when Brian and the team comes back out a little bit later and we're going to be uh, observing communion this morning, what better Sunday to say, God, I'm here to repair my relationship with you because I've walked away from you than today, communion Sunday. And I guarantee you, when you begin to do that in your heart, when Brian and the team comes back out to worship, you're going to be able to sing like you have never sung before because you're going to have a freedom that, okay, God, I'm, I'm seeking to repair what, what barrier was between you and I. That's what Jesus is saying. First, first, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. You see, we have to come to the realization that in God's mind and from God's perspective, my worship isn't going to be okay with God, and my relationship isn't going to be okay until I take care of the business that God is laying before me first. If God is saying, do it, and I don't do it, and I don't agree to do it, and I have no intention to do it, then my worship will not be what God intended it to be. And that's why God says, first, go and be reconciled, then come and offer the gift. And I'm not, again, literally saying, get up now and go, but if you make the intention in your heart that, God, this afternoon, I'm going to go home, I'm going to make a phone call, I'm going to make a contact. I'm going to set up an appointment with somebody that I know you want me to get together with, and you are saying to me, take the initiative to bring restoration and healing to this relationship. And maybe, again, you've come here, and what you needed was you needed your relationship with God repaired. What better place to come than Cornerstone Christian Fellowship? You've come to the right place because God is just reaching out his hands and opening up his arms and say, okay, let's begin to repair our relationship together, and let's do it right now. Because notice, Jesus goes on to say in verse 24 and 25, in fact, verse 25, reach agreement quickly. You see, repairing relationships should begin immediately. Why? Because God knows that the longer a relationship goes, the time that it takes where there was a breach in the relationship, there was a break in the relationship, there was something that come in that caused division in that relationship, the longer that goes to be repaired, the harder it is to repair. So that's why the language in the Bible is always, when we have a problem relationally with somebody, the sooner we deal with it, the sooner we take care of it, the wiser it is. In the book of Ephesians, Paul says in chapter 4, verse 26, in fact, he says, 
don't let the sun go down upon your anger. And the very next verse, verse 27, in the context is, and don't give the devil an opportunity. You see, the devil can have an opportunity and a foothold to even widen the gap between two people the longer the time gap goes. Now, nothing is impossible with God. And relationships could have been severed for years, and God can bring that back together if both parties allow him to, because God can do anything. But on a human level, all God is saying is he's giving us great wisdom here. He's saying, but do it quickly if you can. And so I don't know. You know, if, if God is laying a particular relationship on your heart this morning while you're here at church and saying, leave here this afternoon, go make that phone call, go make that contact, set up that appointment. Maybe it's only been a week or a couple of days. Maybe it's been a couple of months. Maybe it has been a couple years. But God knows that if you are the one to reach out, that God can use you to reach into the heart and life of that other person that maybe you used to have a great friendship or you used to have a great relationship, and God wants to bring you guys back together again. Again, God here isn't speaking about all relationships. He's just speaking about that one relationship that when you and I came to church this morning, the Holy Spirit of God was saying, that's not a disposable relationship. That's one that you should go back and revisit and try to repair because that could be good. And it's going to take one of you to reach out to the other one. And I'm just asking that you be the one to reach out. God loves you and I with an immeasurable love. And if you have come here this morning and you need your relationship with God repaired, he's all over that. Because again, you don't have to look past the cross of Jesus Christ to know how much God loves you and how much he wants to repair that relationship between you and him. And I don't care what you've done and how long you've done it or whatever and how much disrepair your life is in. God is a master at taking broken lives and broken relationships and putting them back together again. Won't you let God do that today? And maybe again, God is using this time in his house today to speak into our lives and to speak into our minds and hearts and say, and there's another relationship I'd like you to work on. And I'm not asking that you be totally responsible for it. All I'm asking you for is to be obedient to the Spirit of God who's speaking to you and I right now and saying, go, go and try to be reconciled to your brother and do what God is asking you to do and let God make you an agent of healing in someone else's lives. Guys, we live in a broken world, broken people, broken relationships. God has come to heal our brokenness and then as God heals our brokenness, he can use us to reach into the lives of others who are broken and bring healing as well. Let God do that today. Let's pray. God, we ask that as we come to this point of the service where Brian and the team are going to come out and we're going to worship you and we're going to observe communion, that God, you would use this time to help us repair our relationship with you. And maybe, Lord, it's just a matter of for the last couple of days or weeks, we've taken our relationship with you for granted. We, we have just not lived a life of thankfulness enough 
for Jesus, the Son of God, dying on the cross for us. And God, so these next few moments, we're just going to praise you like we've not praised you for a while. And God, we're going to be thankful. But God, maybe we also need to use these next few moments together this morning to allow you to just bring us to a point where we have every intention and we're going to make every commitment to be an instrument in your hands to reach into the life of someone maybe that we used to have a relationship with. But for whatever reason, Lord, there's been a breach, there's been a break in that relationship, and you're asking us to first go and be reconciled to that person and then come and offer our gift of worship. God, free us today. Help us to use these next few moments to bring us to a point where our worship for you and with you would be greater than it's ever been before. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.